Hello and welcome to episode 73 of the Sustainable E-Commerce Podcast, the show dedicated to helping you build your brand for a healthier planet. As always, I'm your host, Giles Smith. Now, back in the first show of the year, I proposed that brand collaborations were going to be one of the most important marketing strategies for 2023. So I thought it was well and truly time we explore what that actually means and how to do it effectively. Over the years, I've had many conversations with brand owners about doing brand collaborations. Some, like Maxim Gelman we heard from in last week's show, viewed them as pivotal to their success, but most have expressed at best a mediocre result, often describing them as a complete waste of time. So to explore this topic and give you the critical understanding and insights you need to turn your collaborations from meh to marvellous, I asked the wonderful Jess Rufus, founder of Collabosaurus, to join us today. If you're not familiar with it already, Collabosaurus is one of the world's leading collaborations platforms, kind of like matchmaking for brands. With experience from seeing just about every type of collaboration across the 10,000 plus brands on her platform, as well as seeing how the strategy has evolved over the past decade, Jess brings some very refreshing clarity to this topic. So get ready to take notes as you listen to today's show because the actionable tips are going to come thick and fast from Jess today. So with that, let's start the show. Jess, Rufus, welcome to the show. Yay, thanks for having me. Oh, very, very cool to have you here. We have got such a lot of meaty things to talk about today to help brands in this quite challenging time to grow the business without having to resort to, you know, paid advertising and that kind of stuff, which is a bit hit and miss these days. Um, so I'm super, super keen to get into this and pick your brains. Like we said before, my job today is to get your all of your grey matter out into this episode. So I want to get going. But before we do, Jess, can you tell us a little about yourself and, you know, your founder story? How did you come to start Collabrasaurus? Yeah, sure. So uh, way back when I was 20, early, early 20s, I uh, was working in fashion and lifestyle publicity and I was pulling together media launch events for fashion clients every quarter and trying to find goodie bag inclusions and venue partners and food and food and beverage partners and things like that. Um, and I just found it a real scramble. It was really hard to, first of all, find the decision maker at the brand who, um, you know, could agree to doing a collaboration or partnership. And then you had to do so much proposal creation, pitching. I was brand new in the industry. I did not have a network and it was just really hard and frustrating and time consuming um, predominantly to find all of these partners. And I remember going to a uh, fashion show with Watson and Watson that was an industry show only. And there were you know, lots of lots of bloggers and like the beginnings of influencers back then uh, at this show. And it, they did a partnership with Victoria Coffee and we walked in and I couldn't believe that I walked into a personalised coffee for me who was a total junior nobody um, in the industry. And I just, you know, became a brand fan of Victoria and I just thought this is such a clever way for brands to engage with new potential customers and create an experience Um that's memorable. So I thought that was really cool and ended up getting a job in uh, small business marketing education where we would take small brands through a 12-month course as to how to DIY your own marketing. Partnerships were a huge part of that, uh, but so many brands weren't doing them because 
they'd been burnt by a corporate in the past or right, they didn't yeah. know where to start and they were sending email pitch emails out that were awful responses <laughs> and so that's sort of when I came up with the idea for Collabasaurus so that was back in uh 2014 um and it was you know a, the guy sitting next to me in the office was on tinder he was swiping right and I thought how good is this like why doesn't something exist for brand collaborations and partnerships and that is how Collabasaurus was born. Um, and since then, we now work with over 10,500 brands, including Marks & Spencer, Estee Lauder, Walmart have used us in the past, um, all across sort of fashion, beauty, lifestyle, food and beverage as well. What an incredible journey and what a fundamentally, what a brilliant platform and need that you, you're solving with it. I, I think it's absolutely fantastic because I think all brands uh, you know, need to think about collaborations uh, right now. And, and and it's not easy, right? I mean, you know, you mentioned there that people weren't doing it because they felt like they'd been burnt before. And I know that back in the day when we tried to do a couple, yeah, they they were very hit and miss in terms of how, how if, A, how effectively they worked, but whether you really got on with the, with the brand and whether there was a, a connection of values and whether the audience was a right fit and all those things. And all those things are really things we, we need to get into today because mm. this is you know, I think your platform really helps with this, but fundamentally what I'd love to do is kind of put some framework around how founders should think about brand, about brand collaborations. Um, so maybe we could start with something really, really simple, right? Which is why are they good? What, why should people think about doing this? Yeah. Well, actually it sounds like a simple question, but it's actually more <laughs> complex. Because when it comes to what is a brand collaboration, I think that term gets thrown around a lot. And some people think it's, you know, a corporate sponsorship. Some people think it's an influencer partnership or influencer collaboration. What I'm talking about when I'm talking about brand collabs is when two or more businesses team up, do something really cool together and help each other grow through clever cross-promotion. So that most of the time, especially, I mean, 90% of the collabs that happen through Collabasaurus don't involve cash exchange whatsoever. Mm, so yeah. it's one of the most cost-effective marketing strategies that small businesses can use to grow. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that could, a, a brand collaboration that's non-monetary could look anything like a limited edition product release, bundled products or services. We could do gift with purchase style collaborations to drive online sales. You could do events and experiences and pop-ups like like the ones I did way back in PR with, um, you know, venue partners and food and beverage partners and goodie bag inclusions and things. And then you've got social media collabs too. So you could do competitions or you could do content series in collaboration with another brand. And why you would do them is, to come back to your question, every time you team up with another brand, you're double, tripling your organic reach because, I think a brand collaboration is just so much more powerful than an influencer collaboration in a lot of senses. I think the influencer mm -hmm. space has changed a lot over the last few years, definitely has its place. It's a marketing tactic, just like brand collaborations are a marketing tactic. But when you team up with an individual influencer, usually you're paying cash for the creation of content and place, placement of that content on a platform through which that influencer has built influence. So maybe that's Instagram, maybe that's TikTok. With a brand collaboration, every time you team up with a brand, a business has access to things like an email list, website traffic, multiple social media platforms, sometimes podcast listenerships and event audiences and products and services that they can leverage in a really powerful collab. So 
the impact of a brand-to-brand collaboration is just so huge and so leverageable for for small businesses especially. So I think to answer your question, there's so many ways you can use brand collaborations and different types help you achieve different outcomes. Um, I'm very much focused on like marketing collaborations and marketing outcomes you can drive. So first and foremost, they help you reach new potential customers without huge spend or any spend at all. Um, You can attract media attention. You can get cross-promotion into your email list. You can use it to grow your email list, grow your social media community, save cash (laughs) on things as well through contract arrangements. There's so many potential benefits. It really comes back to what a brand's marketing goals are. You know, the world's your oyster is basically what you're saying with collaborations. You can pretty much design anything that works for both brands, right? I mean, you, you know, there's no rules on this. Do, do what works for both Yeah, of and if it adds value to your communities too, you know, that's typically what is the um, ideal formula for success. Yeah, 100%. You, I could not have said that better. That's brilliant. I love the fact you said that because I might have forgotten that. That is absolutely critical, right? And that's perhaps one of the first criteria maybe that you should be looking at when actually deciding who to work with, right? Because that's my next question is who to work with. Because ultimately, if if what you're bringing as your brand is not in fact relevant to the brand you're looking to work with, it's not going to work, is it? Because they're going to go, why, why, are they, why are these guys teaming up? It makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think that what's top of mind for me when you mentioned that is the Barbie collabs that have, they signed over a hundred licensing agreements with brands ahead of the Barbie movie. Some were amazing and some just did not land because it wasn't yeah. aligned from a audience standpoint. You've got to make sure at the first and foremost, you're adding value to your customer, which is one of the yeah. um, best places to start. If you're thinking about who can I collaborate with, think about, what brands or what um, solutions or problems are your audience running into before they buy from you and what problems or solutions they're looking for after they buy from you or maybe at the same time. So if someone's, you know, um, buying a new house, maybe like a real estate and interior designer style collaboration would work really well because people are looking for those services around the same time. So that's a really great place to start. And also looking at Um, complementary industry spaces. So if you're a beauty brand, fashion is very complementary. If you're health and wellness, you know, maybe fitness is quite complementary and that's a space you could look at collaborating with um, and sort of extending that customer journey lifestyle and, uh, sorry, life cycle and, um, and adding value along the way. Love that so much. And, and so that it sort of falls onto the next question um, that I have for you, which is, you know, talking about that values alignment thing, you know, what you were just saying was, you know, find someone that's aligned from a customer's expectations point of view that helps, that adds value to them, helps solve their problem sets, all that sort of stuff. And that 100% makes sense. And that's where, you know, solving problems and, and partnering up to help solve the customer's problems more deeply, more widely, more broadly, but but within your within your sphere of relevance makes sense. But let's let's flip that into the space of, okay, um, it's a sustainable brand or it's a purpose-driven brand or it's a social enterprise. We've obviously got an extra layer of complexity in there, right? Because let's say we're a sustainable journals company. Um, you know, we can't then do a collaboration with BIC, right, who make plastic pens. Yeah. So so what are some of the thing, other things that we might need to think about when we're choosing someone that's really going to resonate both together as partners in this collaboration, but also, you know, from a customer point of view? Mm, absolutely. That's a really, really good point and very important to have values aligned 
brands teaming up because also it does trickle back down to customer expectation. I mean, the first person to point out that it's not an aligned collaboration will be your customer. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, right. Um, but I think, you know, that's one of the reasons why Collabosaurus, we've built so many matchmaking elements into the algorithm. So essentially how it works is just like a dating site where you'll plug in, you know, your industry space, your target market, um, what that target market's interested in, what you could offer in a collaboration, et cetera. And then Collabosaurus does the heavy lifting and matchmakes you with cool brands that you can team up with. Um, for that values aligned piece, we have that next layer on some of our subscription tiers where, um, and we've definitely seen plenty of our customers use this, um, if they're a sustainable brand or if they only want to collaborate with brands that have vegan products, for example, you can actually set that as a parameter so that when brands are looking to collaborate with you, you can almost have a checkbox or a, a note box that's like, you know, is your brand XYZ or is it a B Corp or whatever it might be that is important, uh, is an important layer or parameter of um you know, who should and shouldn't collaborate with you. Um, yeah. We actually have that built in to the platform um, for that reason. What a powerful tool that is. Uh, huge time saver, you know, right at the start, isn't it? As a kind of gatekeeper to go, you know, let, only look for vegan brands or uh, sort of brands that supply vegan products. I mean, I think that's, you know, it's it's obvious in, in hindsight, but it's very powerful that you've done that. Um, so, so that's very cool. What about brand scale, right? I mean, because obviously a lot of smaller brands you know they're looking to do partnerships because as you said at the outset we're looking to get access to other people's marketing space the other, the audience that someone else has and and you know it's a challenge to do when you're the initiator of someone or, or looking for a partnership you're rarely looking for someone that's smaller and has less influence than you. you you know the perfect goal is to find the golden goose the one that's willing to work with you that can get you out to a hundred thousand doorways you know in the next week is, is that a successful tactic or should you look for people about the same size or, or does that not matter at all in your opinion? No, that's such a good question. And I, I do hear that a lot. I think a lot of small businesses, as you said, really want to go after the big fish, <laughs> you know, which is great. Yeah. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't say shy away from that at all, but I would, um, I love to share a statistic from American Express did a research study on Australian mid-sized companies and the impact and ROI of brand collaborations um, each year. And the brands that were doing five and a half or more brand collabs a year saw um, a 17% increase in their revenue. So, and that's for no spend. So I kind of challenged that question in that it's, it'll be pretty impossible to collaborate six times a year with a huge big fish. And so instead mm. mix up the strategy so that some collaborations are with companies of similar size to you and some collaborations are the big ones, you know, because each yeah. collab can offer potentially different outcomes. So, for example, Collabosaurus, we've collaborated with Microsoft and that was, we were the tiny fish in that, in that scenario, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. that was so exciting. But um, the reasons we collaborated with Microsoft are very different to the reasons we would collaborate with a company of similar size to us. So, Collaborating with Microsoft was so fantastic as a credibility piece. We leveraged that brand name across our social media, across our content, um, because that alignment was so powerful. In terms of promotion, though, on Microsoft's end, we might have got one or two posts. You know, it wasn't mm -hmm. a huge partnership from where they were st standing, of course, but for me, yeah, it yeah. was huge. So, you know, 
that delivered on a credibility piece and alignment piece, absolutely. But some of the collaborations I've done with brands of a similar size to us have delivered in terms of reach and lead generation and stuff for our business. So I would say kind of the reasons why you want to collaborate with some brands to differ over others and doing a mixture of collaboration types with a mixture of collaboration partners throughout the year is the best strategy. And it also allows you to just with just like with any marketing tactic, you want to test and measure what works for you. You might find that content series partnerships with brands of a similar size have way more impact than, you know, the big fish collaborations that needs to go through, um, you know, eight different people (laughs) to get approved and can take a lot longer lead time to execute. So yeah, I mean, my answer to that would be mix it up. Definitely. Yeah. Both. Yeah. I I mean, even that was just a huge amount of information. You've just, you've just pushed down through the interweb there, uh, which I love. Uh, So basically what you just said, if I can summarize that was, yeah, go for it. Don't be shy about going for the bigger ones, but they are going to take longer to get across the line than the small ones. Um, And, and about six, is what About is the six. sweet spot One every per two year. months is ideal. Fantastic. I would never have thought of that. So that's a good metric. So everyone now has a goal to go for with their collaboration uh, strategy for this year, which is absolutely brilliant. So let's say we do want to go after that big fish. We want to get one big fish this year, um, but we're a small fish. Mm-hmm. How do we present ourselves in a way that's going to be appealing to the big fish? Well, you want to use Calabasaurus first and foremost. Obviously. <laughs> sorry. I should I should have said that. That's that's the obvious first thing, right? Yeah, okay. Um, we get that. But that's actually, uh, so on page three, when you go to set up your listing, which is completely free to do, so it's free to create an account on Calabasaurus, that would be my recommended starting point because there's prompts um, on page three that help uh draw out the value and gold mine that you're sitting on as a small business so that you can present yourself in the best possible way to the big fish. So the best, you know, most successful collaborations are win-win exchanges of value. They have to be win-win, otherwise they're not successful. So how do you create or communicate and identify the value that you're sitting on so that that's presented in a really attractive way to a a big partner so that it's really clear who's getting what from this brand collaboration. So if you're a small business, I would definitely say typically you're sat on an absolute gold mine and often it's just about identifying what it is that you can um, leverage as part of a collaboration and bring to the table and then how do you actually communicate that. So if you're small, don't worry too much about your social media following or anything like that. That's like the last thing on your list, but it's so often mm. the first thing small businesses will say to me, they go, I don't have a big Instagram following. Who cares? Instagram following does not matter. Um, it's mm. a vanity metric. At the end of the day, yeah. often small businesses who have 5,000 followers where all of them are super engaged, that's going to perform better than a business with 40,000 followers that have a disengaged audience. I mean, I have an yeah. e-com brand as well, kind of in the sustainability space, actually, called Number Two, uh, Number Two Co. Ooh. It's a toilet. I'm going to have to have you back and interview, interview for that then later. I didn't know yeah. that. It's a, um, it's a toilet fragrance uh, company. And so, I mean, you compare Number Two Co. to Calabasaurus and Number Two Co. is a baby business. It's like about a year old. We have maybe 2,000 followers on uh, Instagram. And then on Collaborasaurus' side, we have 36,000 or something followers on Instagram. I've been building that over 10 years. 
but the engagement on number two co is higher than collaborators. So I actually think it's how you communicate that and identify value. So for me, I want to reach new customers. Collaborating with someone who has a huge social media following that can't actually cut through and reach those customers is not much use. So as a small business, start with what can you offer from your products, your services, your skill set, and your time. Those are already four things that you could potentially offer and then quantify those things as much as you possibly can. So for me, when I started out with Collabasaurus, I didn't have a website. I had maybe 50 followers on Instagram. I didn't even have a product yet. So I was like, but I want to start collaborating. I want to start building my community. And so I thought, okay, what do I have? I've got time and I've got my skill set in publicity um, and media. And so every time I would pitch and uh, connect with potential collaborators, that's what I would offer. I'd be like, let's do a webinar. I'll create all the slides. I'll create the whole thing. I'll promote it out. I'll do some media pitching for us both. And then all they needed to do was do like one social media post and show up. So the exchange was win-win and valuable on both sides. So start with those four things, then look at your marketing channels as well that you could potentially offer. Um, There's also things like uh, if you're willing to write a blog post about your collaboration, if you're willing to send it out to media, if you're willing to create social media um, posts with your iPhone, you know, there's, if you can do a half decent job of that, typically the large companies and big fish have their like, um, you know, uh, audience rich, but time poor. So if Mm. you're time rich and audience poor, it's like leverage the time because they often don't have the time to pull together all of those things. I mean, with the Microsoft partnership, we did all the photography, videography, all of the social media stuff around that. We created podcast episodes together. Um, And then at the end of the day, they got a whole marketing campaign on a silver platter. So it was great for them. It was great for us. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, uh, in spades. And and I love it because what you've just sort of highlighted really is, you know, no matter, you know, what the disparity is between you and, and the big fish you're going after, you have things that they want. Absolutely. You just have to package that in a way that makes sense to them. And it goes, okay, yeah, I get that. You know, yeah. so, you know, the most obvious thing to me ultimately there is, you know, and this is a huge generalization, but the bigger the fish, yes, they're going to have a bigger audience. But like you said, it doesn't necessarily mean they have bigger or better relationships with those customers. Right. And what they're looking for often is somebody like you, like your brand that has really close tight relationships with their customers, maybe even on name terms in some circumstances, because any recommendations that you have is also reflecting, um, you know, you're, you're essentially putting your stamp of approval on that relationship as well. And that that's meaningful, even to the biggest of brands. For sure. It's that trust, that trust element, which is so hard to quantify, um, but so important. Yeah. I love that. So, where can it go wrong, Jess? What are things, what are traps, <laughs> what are traps that we have to watch out for uh, that we can kind of brace in advance or prepare for in advance so that we don't fall in them? I would say one of the biggest things is going in with a going into a collaboration for like collaboration's sake and not having a clear marketing goal in mind. Right. So if you go in with a clear objective, the entire collab should be dictated by that. So yes. for example, if you want to grow your email list and then end up collaborating with brands on like Instagram competitions where people tag tag their friends to win, you're not actually hitting your objective and you walk right. away from that going, uh, what was my ROI? I don't understand. You've got to know what you want to achieve. What is it yeah. that you actually want to get out of it? Um, like, you know, if you're wanting to reach 
a million new potential customers, a collaboration with a big fish might not be the best um, strategy because getting them to promote out and actually help you reach those million customers is going to be really laborious. So how can you do that in a different way? So marketing objective would be one. Um, The second one is collaborating without the customer in mind. That's a really common one. And just collaborating because it's something that you want to do or you think Mm. is fun and you haven't actually thought about, is this something that my customers will buy or want or need? So Mm. uh, that's a really important one. We call those vanity collaborations, ones that are just completely irrelevant from the customer's point of view, but you make make you feel good as the brand owner. Yeah, I collaborated with so-and-so, but has no relevance (laughs) to the customer base. Exactly, exactly. And then another one um, that I see happen is uh, you have the best, coolest collaboration in the world, but no one's talking about it. So you've got to make sure you have a promotional plan in place. You know, who's posting what, when, where? Are you doing an email out about it? Are you doing, you know, social media content about it? Are you running paid advertisers about advertising to it? You know, having a plan in place so that both brands are shouting that collaboration from the rooftops is, of course, going to get you the best results. But I think Mm. a lot of brands get really excited and caught up in the actual connection part. And they're like, yes, we've made this partnership, ta-da, without actually having a campaign ready to go, you know, a campaign ready to roll out and, and shout from the rooftops. And that's an opportunity missed, I think, sometimes when, especially if you've got a brilliant partner and a brilliant idea that you've collaborated on, it's sort of like, you, you want to get as much attention on that as possible. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So you, you mentioned um, there and, and and shortly before you mentioned this, you know, failing with by not knowing what your marketing um, agenda is by, you know, accidentally great getting a lot of followers or likes on a post or something, but you don't get any emails. And then, of course, you can fail on another way if, you, if your ob- objective is to get 10,000 sales. Of, of your product and all you get is 10,000 emails, right? So, so, so obviously you've got to be really, really super clear on what your actual goals are, like you just said, which, which makes a hundred percent sense. Um, can you give us some examples maybe of a great example of one that's that uh, of a brand collaboration you've seen that worked to generate loads and loads of emails into a subscriber list and maybe one that's works a type that works really, really well for generating sales and especially sales now, I suppose. I mean, you know, it's nice, to talk about um, audience list and and it's nice to talk about email list and 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 they are great they're both important but ultimately money in the door is the most important thing so can you give us some examples of those yeah sure so I think uh, when it comes to driving like e-commerce sales and things like that the gift with purchase and limited edition products and bundled products or services those are the three types of collaborations that I see have the biggest impact um gift with purchase is probably the quickest to pull together um and it's often you know it gives a brand an opportunity to get a sample of their product or a full-size product into the hands of ideal potential customers and then then at the same time for the collaborating brand it's this limited edition offer bonus gift with purchase that's really exciting for their customer base that can really drive sales so Mm. that one's a really good one to look at Um, you can also do bundled products and services so if you wanted to do something around father's day you can bundle your products and services together and drive revenue because you're both promoting out this campaign and you're doubling your reach um, by doing that across multiple channels. Um, And then my personal favourite, which unfortunately takes the longest to pull together, but they're so effective if they're done well, is a limited edition product. There was a really fantastic sustainable one um, with an artist, Gillian Mark, and 
Black Store, which is a sort of eco, it's like a retail store. They sell online as well and they sell only eco-friendly um, products, fashion, homewares, things like that. So they teamed up and did a limited edition beeswax wrap that they also collaborated with Apuri Made. Um, so there was a three-way collaboration. They did these beautiful beeswax wraps um, in this limited edition print that Gilly and Mark had illustrated. It was so beautiful. They did three prints, actually. They sold it in store. They all, you know, cross-promoted it. And then they also made a donation to the Rainforest for Foundation for every product sold. And that was just so beautiful. And SEO-wise as well, just as a side note, it's still generating so much traffic. So, um, yeah, that's exciting too. That's a really great example of three different types of uh, brand collabs that can drive direct sales outcomes. Um, yeah. Your other question, was that around a type that can drive email list growth? Yeah, so, yeah list growth. Yeah, yeah, membership growth. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of different ways you can do that. I think you can do it through, it depends on the type of brand you are. But content series um, can work really well if it's a high value content series that you can get access to snippets of it on social media. But if you want to dive into the real deal, an email um, sequence can be really powerful. So Unyoked did this, you know, the beautiful uh, tiny house getaways all around oh, yeah, Australia. Yeah. Have you said mm -hmm. of them? Yeah. So they're big on um, unplugging and like getting away uh, from the daily grind. And they collaborated with Normal, which was a, a sexual wellness brand. And they created this content series on like reconnecting with your partner. And it was just so well done. It was really high quality content that they delivered over the course of a number of email um, emails out videos and that were filmed inside the cabins. And it was just beautifully, beautifully done. So that was a really great way to build email subscribers for both brands that with highly engaging, high quality content. You can also do it with very high quality um, competitions and giveaways. And I say high quality because giving away, handing over your email address, it's like there's more boundaries to that than ever. So you want to make sure it's very incentivized. You know, if someone's going to give you the ability to contact them constantly, mm. it better be for a really good reason. So Frankie Four Footwear have actually just recently done one um, through Collabasaurus and they've collaborated with a number of different brands like I think it was Yacht Club. They offered a uh, like really luxe, uh, getaway for you and a friend or you and your mom and they positioned that really really well and they got like oh tens of thousands of emails if not hundreds so um, that was really effective as well amazing well thank you so much for sharing those incredible tips I, I'm, I'm I'm really quite sad because I think we're coming to the end of our time and I've got so many more um, amazing questions to answer and you've, just, you've been <laughs> such a wealth of knowledge that I feel like you'd be able to answer everything so but I know <laughs> we have to we have to start, sort of move along so can you tell us a little bit about what you're excited about over the next couple of years? What does what does the next few years look like for Collabosaurus? What what's really cool that you're working on? Yeah, well, I think I mean, I was actually just reflecting on the last 9 years of Collabosaurus. I actually think when I started Collabosaurus, we're a bit early in market. I think there was so much education of the market we needed to do and and still do need to do as brands sort of uh, get to know what a brand collaboration is and how effective yeah. it can be for them. But I'm really seeing now things are starting to hit a bit of a ramp up um, 
point, and which started around COVID, I think. When COVID first hit, advertising costs were through the roof. Businesses were like, we have no budget. How are we going to remain relevant and still grow? They turned to collaborations and we quadrupled in 2020, which was really exciting. But it just goes to show that, you know, those cost-effective, clever, relationship-based <laughs> um, marketing tactics that yeah. is so powerful. And I think now, you know, we're seeing another iteration, as you said, with Google, with advertising costs, um, you know, small businesses are still coming out of COVID with a lack of cash. They're scarred and burned. <laughs> now yeah. e-com like is harder than ever with advertising costs rising. So I think, you know, I, I feel like I say this every year, but there's never been a more important time to be collaborating and teaming up with other like-minded brands because not only are they an incredible way to grow your audience customer base, but they also have resulted in my closest friends in business. You know, they all started out as brand collaborators and the brilliant byproduct of partnerships and collabs is that you end up with an awesome network of people in the same boat as you, you know, in complementary industry spaces who you can call on for advice and, and tips yeah. and things. And you can collaborate with again and again. So, um, yeah, I, I think I'm excited to see brand collaborations take even more shape in, in the market um, in the next couple of years. I think it's already heating up and there's more and more out there and small businesses are really starting to get across how they can benefit yeah. um, and of course platforms like yours make all of that which seems quite daunting if you've never done it before and even if you have done it and it's you know it's been sort of meh it's okay uh it can be seem a bit daunting to go right i'm going to hit six this year so <laughs> obviously collaborosaurus makes that easier so how do people get involved how do people get online with you and and how does the how does sort of the onboarding process look like yeah, well, um, just like a dating site, it's free to create a profile. So you create a profile almost or a listing um, as if your brand is looking for potential dates. So it prompts it all um, and it will immediately give you brands that have been match made to you. So that's completely free to do. I definitely encourage every business to go and do that. You've got nothing to lose. And then, you know, if a really cool opportunity pops up, you'll get notified on email of like, hey, there's a really great connection. Do you want to explore that? So um, that's a really, really great place to start. Yeah. Collabasaurus.com, create a free account. Outstanding. Absolutely love it. Jess, thanks so much for sharing such a wealth of information, experience, knowledge, and practical skills with us on how to make collaborations work. Because it's like you say, I 100% think you're right. It's, it's, it now is the most important time that I've ever seen in the last decade of e-commerce for, for building brand collaborations uh, for all the reasons that you stated and many more. So um, it is absolutely the perfect time to get on board, check out Collabasaurus and, and make those, make your brand grow for a healthier planet with partners along the way. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And I should, I should have mentioned actually with my product business is Ecom. We've, um, with Number Two Co, we sold out four times thanks to brand collabs that we have done over the first year of running our business. And that was with next to no social media following. <laughs> so yeah, there's there's so much to be said around Ecom brands um, really leveraging brand collabs to grow. So yeah. thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the chat. No, thank you. And, and, and you, you know, you finished on a really important note, I think, which is that, you know, I think my, many people come think about brand collaborations like you described it for you know, in some examples there is, oh, you know, let's get together and do a giveaway or let's yeah. get together and um, sh do some content, which is all very nice. But what you've just said, you know, living case example of someone that, who's generated significant revenue growth uh, through using black brand collaborations. So they are just as good as that uh, uh, as they are for, you know, getting 
you know likes on a social page so you know that's fantastic really powerful Jess thanks again thank you thanks so much for having me okay back to Giles again for my top takeouts and first of all before you even start looking for potential partners take some time to be really clear on your goals from a collaboration now that might seem completely obvious but it can all too easily get overlooked in the excitement of finding someone you really want to work with and when all said and done leave you feeling a bit deflated instead of elated about the results Whether you're going for awareness or email subscribers or sales determines both the collaboration strategy as well as the attributes of the partner you want to look for. So when it comes to partners, it's so tempting to think that netting that big fish brand is all you need for a roaring success. Sure, miracles do happen, but don't put all your eggs in one basket. Jess's advice was to aim for about six collaborations per year, of which one of them might be a big fish. And even so, those are trophy collaborations, amazing for credibility and PR, but statistically, they're much less likely to deliver high value audience or sales than more collegiate opportunities. The number one rule, pick a partner based on how the partnership adds value to your combined customers. If the customers win from the collaboration, both brands also win. If the collaboration doesn't make sense to the customers, you're really shooting into the breeze. Lastly, I really loved what Jess had to say about how to woo a potential brand partner. Most brand founders think it's all about audience size. Nope. According to Jess, that's basically irrelevant. What do you bring to the table in terms of product, service, skills, and time? How engaged is your audience? And do you have the skills available to create great content? All of these things are of value. Bigger brands in particular are audience rich and time poor. So don't sell yourself short on the value you can bring to that relationship just because you don't have a massive following already. So I do hope you enjoyed today's exploration of brand collaborations. It's still early September, so you still have time to get one or more collaborations online ahead of the Christmas peak, and I challenge you to do just that. One thing I've noticed in particular about purpose-driven brands is just how open other founders are to working together, especially when there's a strongly aligned cause. So there really is nothing stopping you from jumping straight onto Collabosaurus and finding that perfect brand partner. I'll be back again with you next week with more stories from the world of sustainable e-commerce. So until then, keep building your brand for a healthier planet.